0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous of Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 7, 2017 and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXXI. We will be reading and commenting on the first two paragraphs, which begins which begin with, What is the solution through with no return to alcohol? Today's readers are Eve K., Anita L., Terry A. H., Rita K., and Naomi B. Our newcomer greeter is Janice M. The reference number for yesterday's Wednesday, December 6th, 2017's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10759. That's 10759. And the reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10761. That's 10761. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who
1: away good morning may i be heard i hear you eve k good morning my name is eve k i'm a compulsive overeater from brooklyn new york the 12 steps one we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity three praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a good day, everyone.
2: Thank you, Eve
0: Kay. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions
3: of OA. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Hold on. Sorry about that. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that I pass. Have a beautiful day, everybody.
0: Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature... There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by seeing the path. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXXI. We will be reading and commenting on the first two paragraphs, which begin with, What is the solution through with no return to alcohol? I will now ask Terry A. H. to read that for us.
4: thanks rebecca good morning vision for you my name is terry a h i'm a recovered compulsive overeater from maine what is the solution perhaps i can best answer this by relating one of my experiences about one year prior to this experience a man was brought into me to be treated for chronic alcoholism he had but partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration he had lost everything worthwhile in life and was only Living, one might say, to drink. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. One year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partially recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. From a trembling, despairing nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, and so he left me. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. Let start my timer. Okay, here we go. So, we have been looking at the problem up to this point um, in the doctor's opinion, and um, And what I've learned up to this point is um, I've learned five things um, that won't keep me abstinent. I've learned that I can't keep myself abstinent. I've learned that doctors can't keep keep me abstinent. I've learned that frothy emotional appeal won't keep me abstinent, meaning people begging and pleading for me to stop. Um, I've learned that human power won't keep me abstinent, meaning meetings, service, sponsors. And I've learned that my mind won't keep me abstinent. So, the good news is, um, you know, what is the solution? So we get, to look at, we get to look at it from a different angle now that I know what my problem is. And, you know, again, we're focusing on the physical aspect In the doctor's opinion that when I put the first alcoholic substance into my body, I can't stop or predict how much I'm going to eat. And um, so once again, he's given me uh, the order. So I want to focus on a couple um, couple sentences here. And I want to start out with, um, <clears throat> following the elimination of alcohol that was found to be no permanent brain injury. So this is the third time that they're telling me that the food has to be down before I can pick up the steps. And I really had to ask myself, and I am I any different than this man, um, you know, that Dr. Silkworth experienced with? And, um, you know, I could totally relate by, you know, turning some of his, his experience into... You know my dilemma, and so I had to ask myself you know am i was I um deteriorating physically and mentally, and was I only living one might say to to eat and uh had I lost everything worthwhile in life, and was I at the gates of hell and i could I could really um answer yes to all these and um but the good news is you know the answer brought me to my first step truths and uh which which really drove me to accept the plan outlined in this book, and the results um, are, you know, he accepted the plan outlined in this book, which was the twelve steps. And um, he says, "From a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment." And um, this is the good news because once, you know, I've looked at in the doctor's opinion that that sense of that that sense of ease and comfort that once came from the food now is um, that ease and comfort is now coming from God and I've had you know definitely a personality change as a result of the 12 steps and I'm so grateful that I know what my problem is that I have a body that doesn't process my alcoholic foods and I have a mind that doesn't process reality and uh, once I know my first step truth it moves me into the solution so thank you Dr. Silkworth, and uh, thank you for a vision for you for carrying the message of, of hope and because there is a lot of hope in the program. Thanks for letting me share. With that a pass.
0: Thank you, Terry A.H. Who would like to share on what Terry just This is Malky. Larry A.H. M- H. Larry. I think I heard Larry. Kim, Carolyn
5: Kim G. from South Jersey.
0: Did I hear a Carolyn? Yep. And Kim G. It's
6: not pass
0: you- I did catch that. I did catch Kelly. Kelly. I'll take one more. Harlan G. Harlan G. Okay, for now we'll go with these six, and I'm sorry if I, I did them out of order, but I just wrote down what I could catch. I think the first name was Malky, then Larry, Carolyn, Kim G., Kelly, and Harlan. Malky, did I get that right?
7: Yes, my name is Malky.
0: Morning. Go right ahead.
7: Hi, I'm Aki Compulsive Overeater and I am actually trembling. Like I'm thinking, I'm saying I'm not trembling, but I am trembling to be talking to all of you and I'm like, Whoa, because this is the miracle of program. This would have not been me, the trembling, despairing person that looked like a wreck. Now I did maybe look like a trembling, despairing person on the outside, but that was me. I was a trembling I was a mess. I was a total mess. And how did I come to see that I'm like, have this program saved my life? is because from this insecure, trembling person that food controlled my life, people controlled my life, everything was a higher power to me, everything was a higher power. It was the food, it was the people, and I was like the shell, this, this vast emptiness inside myself that was trying to fill myself up with these things, these people or these food or diets or craziness about diets, you know, all the types that were around. I never managed, but inside I was this broken person. And yesterday I had this feeling of, oh, um, a cousin came from overseas and came into my house and, you know, wanted to change and wash up. They had a wedding in my area. And all of a sudden I saw, I was able to face this cousin that all my life I thought is way more than me. And I used to tremble from her thinking that she's everything I wanted to be. And I felt like an equal. I felt like I'm a person because my addiction is down. That is me. And I was able to tell my husband later, do you know how threatened all my life I was from her? And he said, maybe she was threatened by you. And it doesn't matter what she was. It matters that only because I'm doing this 12 step program, am I able, thank God, thank God, to develop my true sense of self, my true sense of being. It's not the food. The food is never going to help me. It made me, it crushed me. It crushed me further than I was. It like took this little, poor little kid and shook me and and made me something I didn't want to be. And all of a sudden, now that I'm doing this 12 steps, and I'm doing this program diligently and my, with my sponsor, with listening to all of you before me who's doing this program, I'm able to develop a new life. It's just a miracle. It's just a true miracle. There's no gift. I, I, I'm just so humbled, and I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful that I even the talk, because this me, this old me stuck in the food and the diet, you know, eating my brains out, dieting, everything was around consuming my whole entire life was consuming how to get thin, how to get food, how to treat myself. And there was this like despairing little person inside myself in a big woman's body who just didn't know what to do with herself. And I am unrecognizable. And I don't say that. So thank you so much. It's Malky from New York. and. Thank you all for all your services and for all the recovery I hear on this that keeps me going each and every single day. Thank you.
0: Malky, what's the first initial of your last name?
7: Malky B. B like in
0: Thanks, Thanks, Malky B. Larry K.
8: Good good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Um this is Larry K. I'm I'm a recovered uh compulsive reader. I'm from Chicago. The um you you know what's 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 startling and was for Dr. Silkworth is to see the transformation. There was no denying the transformation. He he didn't recognize this guy anymore. You know, you, you would not have um, you wouldn't have recognized me well over a decade and two ago. You, you you wouldn't. You know, whatever you hear on the line today is God's handiwork and I'm still um, an imperfect I will always be an imperfect human being, but you would not have recognized me—not in my physical body. You wouldn't have recognized me so well, but that's probably the least of the transformation. What you wouldn't recognize, what you would not have recognized, is, um, is is the man that I was, the integrity or the lack of integrity that I had. The voice was different—not not the pitch or the tone, perhaps. Maybe a little bit, but what, what what you would have heard and the sentences and the words and the the feeling and the and all the, the the other aspects of what makes us human behind that, it was a different person. People don't recognize me. people that knew me back then, they don't recognize me, and it's not because I went from a fat body to a a more normal body that 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 that's like i said that's the least of it it's all the other things and you know when we talk about a solution a solution is is really a means in which to solve any problem whatever the problem is and i sure as heck need to know what the problem is if i don't get clear on what the problem is which is laid out so you know so beautifully in this in this doctor's opinion then i'm going to continue to do things like i did which is dieting Sometimes with group support, sometimes in isolation, but I'm going to diet because my problem in my mind is food and my fat body, or my problem is the way I was raised, or my problem is my partner, or my problem is my job. And as long as those things are my problem, I'm going to seek out a solution to those problems. What the steps do is they bring you into alignment with the higher power, and it's not about science, it's about spirituality. The whole program is spiritual in nature, and it creates a transformation that is unexplainable in scientific terms, really, but we can't deny the transformation that we see in others, and eventually, perhaps, we begin to see in ourselves. And that's what Dr. Silkworth saw here, and it was unmistakable. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
9: Thanks, Larry
0: Kay. Carolyn, and I didn't get your initial.
5: Hi, this is Carolyn SH. Good morning. Good morning, Rebecca. I'm calling in from Massachusetts, gratefully recovered here. Um, And I uh, love this description. Um, And... What's interesting to me is, so we started at the very beginning of the book and um, so far the way the book is, oh, I forgot to start my timer. Sorry, me a sec.
0: I got you covered, Carolyn. You, you got
5: me? Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, the way the, the book is structured is so far we really haven't heard much except about the problem, right? Well, the forward um, was an overview of, uh, you know the problem has been solved in a hundred of us, and then and um, how it was solved in a very high level. And now we have a scientific doctor talking to us, a medical doctor telling us and really what the problem is—that it's an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Um, and then halfway through, it's finally, okay, what's the solution? And I just I just love that. And and then we're going to go to the story where we're going to hear from first hand um pages and pages of the problem um and then his experience of the solution um but this is like the third party experience, right this is someone who's not inside the problem but um is as close to it as one can get and um I love the phrase um i this that he's describing, it seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. Um, and that sounds pretty hopeless to me, and that sounds pretty awful. And um, there are times in my life and days where I would even put myself in that category. And, um, and then the experience, his kind of third-party experience of watching, um, as was said, the transformation in somebody else, uh, from a trembling, despairing nervous wreck had emerged a man swimming over with self-reliance and contentment. What well, strikes me is um, we know it's not self-reliance, right? It's not self-reliance at all. It's the opposite of self-reliance um, that I'm learning in this program It's um, that I've learned in recovery. It's God-reliance. But from the outside, it can look like a lot of different things. Um, uh, and I was in a class last night a completely secular, having nothing to do with twelve steps and The leader of the class brought chocolates for everybody and um And I previously told everyone um that i am a recovered um sugar addict um because I had the opportunity to do that and There's often a lot of talk about chocolate in that class it has nothing to do with the class
8: um so
5: I felt at one point. Just to say that, and there's someone in the class who um, looks to me mm-hmm. and the way he talks. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll wrap up. He talks as if he he's in the throes of it, and that he's a. I'm assuming he's an overeater, and um, that he has. But I have. But I, at one point, the. The teacher said to me something like, you made the decision three years ago to stop eating sugar and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, no, I did not make the decision. It was taken from me. But I didn't say that. But I, my time's up. But I, I just am am struck by how it looks different on the outside and what's really going on on the inside. Um, and for me, it's about not – it's about giving up control, even though it looks like I've gained control. And that's it. Thank you for letting me ramble. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Carolyn S.H.
2: Kim G. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And what is the solution? You know, I love that Dr. Silkworth can't even explain it. You know, he's got to give two examples because in his mind, he can't even explain what's going on with these guys. He just knows it's happening. So what is these examples showing us? You know, we have this two-fold illness, right? So it's saying, following the elimination of alcohol. So first and foremost, we have to address the allergy. And then secondly, it says he accepted the outline in this book, which to me is addressing the mental twist. And this is my twist on it, not just accepting. He had to implement the plan outlined in this book. And so I think back on my own experience. I've been a member of Overeaters Anonymous for 22 years. I've been recovered now for almost seven years. For many years relapsing in a way, I would say, well, I'm working my program, but I keep picking up. And I think of page 59, where it says, here are the steps we we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. So what did I think my program was? What was happening when I was picking up? You know, My program was don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. Just don't eat and go to meetings. That failed me utterly. Meeting makers make it. Go to a 90 and 90. What would happen on day 91? I would pick up. That failed me utterly. You know, doing the tools as the solution. No step work, just the tools. And what that got me was white-knuckled, exhausted, going to bed, thinking, oh, I beat the food one more day, but I'm, I, now I pick up and I'm going to get back on track. The big one for me was my program was working was looking at fellowship and fear and thinking that would keep me sober the idea of remembering my last drink, thinking the drink through. I had to admit that what I was working was a program of opinions and a program of um, sayings and slogans. And let me tell you, for a real compulsive overreader, that failed me utterly. Then seven years ago, when I, when I implemented this book, first and foremost, I had to get entirely accident, And secondly, I had to have an entire psychic change as a result of these steps. In that order. Now, in this fellowship, there's going to be a debate about whether you can work the steps to get abstinent or you have to get abstinent to work the steps. And I have to tell you, there's no debate in the big book. And my experience is within that debate, the people that relapse like me are the ones that think the debate is I can work the steps and get abstinent afterwards. The people I see who are recovered, who are living a life of happy, joyous, and free are the ones that accept the outline in this book of getting abstinent first and working these steps. And lastly, I want to flatly declare to you, to this, right now, that I am a compulsive overeater. I have fully conceded that to my innermost self. But let me also declare to you that for the last seven and a half years, I have, or over almost seven years, I have not suffered from compulsive overeating. That my effort is put into these 12 steps and as a result of that, my abstinence is content and easy. And with that I pass.
0: Thanks, Kim G. Kelly, I can't remember your first initial of your last name.
10: It's F, Kelly F, as F. <laughs> uh, Kelly right S, Kelly S Sam. Uh Kelly S recovered hi. Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. Um grateful to be here. So um this paragraph right here is such a life changer for me. Um To me, this is, like, really one of our first examples in the book that this program really works if if we do what this program tells us to do out of the book, you know, which I never got. You know, my story is similar to the ones we've already heard today. I've been around for 30-something years, and I was never able to even, you know, put together a year of abstinence because I didn't get the message. You know, I thought my problem was eating and weight, you know, that that was it. So if I just put down the food, you know, then no problem, right? But didn't understand you know it talks about so many times in our book but you know and and we agnostics it talks about that the main object of this book is to find us a power greater than ourselves to solve our problem well my dilemma was I didn't know my problem I didn't know I have a living problem you know and so if I don't know what the problem is you know then I'm not gonna have the right solution I didn't know how to do life you guys you know I used food food was just my solution and so this this is such a great paragraph because it's saying to me, you know, I came in here thinking I was hopeless. I've been around 30 years. You guys could get it, but I wasn't, you know. But it reminds me here, seemed hopeless. And it says earlier in, this, in the book too, seemingly hopeless. Well, I guess it's further on. But there is hope if I do um, what's the outline in this book. But the first thing is I had to do elimination of food. You know, like Kim Ji said, I agree. The big book, there's no debate. You know, I have to put my food down. I can't do this program drunk. I can't. You know, I'm blocked. I'm blocked from you guys. I'm blocked from my higher power. But then I had to do, you know, what it says in this big book. And, you know, when I first started listening to this program, to Vision, which is just a meeting, uh, four years four or five years ago, I remember hearing you guys say that, you know, do what it says. Well, I'm like, I have this book. There's not, nothing outlined in this book. It's not like that. Well, I had never read it like an instruction manual, you know, and so when I started reading it and realized, oh, my God, it's totally laid out just like that in black and white. Here are the instructions I looked for my whole life, right? And so – You know, I did what this book said. I did what you guys did. And so here in this, you know, the doctor's opinion, here's our first example that this program works. And I started listening to Vision, and I started hearing you guys. You guys were the example that if I did what this book said, it would work. And now today, I am grateful two and a half years later, I can actually say I'm recovered, and I get to be an example. You know, it talks about... A man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment to me that's the entire psychic change I remember reading that you know early on and thinking entire psychic change what's that you know the fourth dimension what's that yeah yeah whatever okay I'm abstinent you know I was the guy in the storm uh, shelter that came out you know and was like hey ma look the wind stopped blowing and I'm leaving wreckage I'm, I'm I'm you know in the bedevilments I'm living in the bedevilments but guess what I'm abstinent right I'm going to bed I'm abstinent I know my time is up but anyway um so grateful today that I have a new way of doing life. And, you know, I go to bed and I am living in the promises, all the promises of the Bigfoot today. I'm not doing the bedevilments. I have an elimination of alcohol. I'm doing what this outline in this book says. And so grateful to be an example like this guy in this chapter. Glad to be here. Thanks, Rebecca, for your service.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Yes. Harlan G., before you start, I just want to let the people who may have gotten on the line late know where we are. So this is Rebecca F., I'm your moderator, and we read the first two paragraphs in the doctor's opinion on page XXXI. Harlan G., go right ahead.
9: Thank you, Rebecca. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I also want to thank Team Thursday. I don't want to read them out either. We're talking about Dr. Silkworth's encounter with Hank Parkhurst. And Hank Parkhurst was one of the original members of the Oxford group. And um, he was very instrumental in getting this book done. And Hank Parkhurst exemplifies what this illness is. This is an illness of hopelessness. This is an illness of a defeat of the soul. It is an illness of the annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. This disease will beat you down. It is mind over matter. It doesn't mind killing you and you don't matter. And Dr. Silkworth describes the spiritual awakening that he sees in these Oxford group members by saying psychic change He talks about moral psychology. He doesn't really understand what's happening to these people. He understands the obsession. He understands the twist of the mind and the mental blank spot. He understands the physical allergy, but he's not a man of the Oxford group, and he's not a man afflicted with alcoholism having a spiritual awakening. And he sees what he sees and it is obvious and it is apparent to him that it is right there. Look where it says all the horrible things that happened to Hank. And then the key line here is he accepted the plan outlined in this book. What happens? One year later, not one minute later, not one month later, a year later. So we're going to have to keep working this and we're going to have to be patient one day at a time. He called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his feature, but there all resemblance ended from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. Maybe he wasn't self-reliant, but he seemed self-confident. It took a long time to recover. It took a long time. I lost 200 pounds in this, in this program and I was still a 500 pound man. I lost 300 pounds, I was a 400 pound man. I lost 400 pounds, I was a 300 pound man. It's a miracle I didn't kill myself. It's a miracle this disease didn't kill me. But I can get out of a chair and I can walk and I can work and I can function. And I don't get left at in public places anymore. Not much anyway. I I can function as a human being. Only God could have brought that about. Time. With that I'll pass things.
0: Oh, thank you, Harlan G. Who else would like to share? Charles uh, H.
6: Script? Lisa H- B. Lisa B. Leia and a. A. B. B. B.
0: Here, Mickey.
6: Lynnette. Laura H., okay. so, I, Mary I B., I B. Leia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Leia. I'm sorry, I'm just not catching it. So I have Charles H., I think I have Nikki W., and Leah M., Amy B., Leia Mary B., Mary B., I'm going to leave it with these six, Charles H., Nikki W., Leah M., Amy G., Melissa C., and Leia B. And I'm sorry to all of you who didn't get called on. Charles H., go right ahead.
11: You are the real MVP. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, One year later, you know, I I, I was reading the – biography by Ebby T. And, um, you know, he was a great man, um, in, in the history right down to today. Um, if it wasn't for him bringing that message, um, Hank P was also a great man and very instrumental, like Holland just said. Um, he also was the author of that story in the first edition, the unbeliever. Um, so, and, and and we all often hear about how resentments kill us. Resentment killed Ebby Resentment still killing people today. Was killing me, right? And you know, I say that to say this: stay on the course because the resentments are coming. It don't matter how how uh, how recovered you think you are today. Um, you got to keep going. I got to keep going. It's the program here. Um, once you accept it once you accept this program, there's no stopping you. And and you always hear me say this. You accept this program, Boo Boo Kitty can sponsor you and you will recover. The 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 hit the trick is one day at a time, every single day, right? And and it's we hear it all the time. It's not about food and weight. Um, you know, it's about my mind, it's about my thinking. You know, do do you know, I, I uh I turned over another fifth step to an AA, a, a, a AA person face-to-face in my area. And he was like, you know what he told me? This guy has like 45 years of sobriety. He said, you know what? Those thoughts are going to come. Don't manifest them through your mouth. They're going to come. If you're human, maybe if you're an alien, they might not come, but they're going to come. And those thoughts of resentments destroyed Hank. Those thoughts of resentments destroyed Ebby. We have a program of action. Thank God for that Oxford Group movement, right? And thank God for the, for the move away from the Oxford Group movement. It shows me something 80 years later, that resentment is the number one offender. It cut those men down short, and it's still cutting men down short today. And with that, I pass.
6: Thanks, Charles H. Nikki W., did I hear you or was I mistaken? Okay, sorry about that one. Leah M.
12: Thank you very much, Rebecca. As
6: you can see, you probably weren't ready because you've got someone
0: before you. Go ahead, Leah M.
12: That's quite all right. From a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. You know, this... Program of Recovery is about uh, a transformation, a personality change sufficient to overcome uh, compulsive overeating. The Big Book uses the word "recovered" because that shows a complete change, a transformation. That's the advertisement, and that's the attraction. Uh, In meetings such as this, when you have people uh, sharing testimony as to what the program of recovery has done in their lives, the big book boldly states in step 10 that we'll be placed in a position of neutrality with respect to our binge foods and we have recovered. It also declares that I'm not cured. I have a daily reprieve from the original bondage of food as long as I have a daily practice of staying awake and alert by practicing steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, I'm relieved from the bondage of food. I'm relieved from the bondage of self. It's a daily application. You know, I had to get an education about the exact nature, the condition of my disease, that I had a physical allergy, a real thing that was never going to disappear for someone like me, and I had an obsession of the mind, and that I was powerless over that, and I had to accept that. I had to concede to my innermost self, and, and, and this disease beat the crap out of me. That's for sure the truth. But It takes more than acceptance around here. It takes action. Because unless I make a decision and take action, that admission of powerlessness is superficial and it's short-lived. You know, the tears may be touching, but it's not going to create the vital change that's necessary. So what action must I take? So that's what we're talking about. The plan outlined in this book. You know, I I had to press in and implement the plan that's outlined in this book, and that's exactly what happened to me. Somebody took me by the hand, not just anybody, someone in whom the problem had been solved. And that was almost 31 years ago. And in almost 31 years, I haven't needed to take that first compulsive bite because this program of recovery has given me the step work uh, to make the changes within myself and within my attitudes and outlook on life. So it's no longer necessary for me to search for some substance to make me feel comfortable. You know, I have a program of recovery that I like to call the art of remaining undisturbed. If I'm not disturbed, I have no need to seek the ease of comfort, of food. And when I do get disturbed, that ease and comfort now comes from a relationship with spirit, I call God. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Leah. M. Amy G., you're next.
13: Thanks, Rebecca. This is Amy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. What is the solution? He admitted that there was no hope. Step one, following the elimination of alcohol, putting down his alcohol, putting down my alcoholic foods, and then accepting the plan outlined in this book. Here we are. This is the solution. I mean, there's no secret code here. If we scoot ahead forward to there is a solution, it says here, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. If we're willing to work these steps like our lives depend upon it, if we're willing to join in brotherly and harmonious action, as it talks about here in that paragraph, there is a recovered state available to all of us. I'm not terminally unique. I used to think that I was worse than everyone else, that you didn't have the problems I did, that I could never recover. I would look at other people and think, well, you may have it, but I'll never get it. But the reality is, and they felt so strongly that they wrote a book about it, when they said we have recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and have contented lives. I mean, I can honestly tell you today, and there are those on the line right now that know me, that have known me for over 30 years. And I can tell you, today is my anniversary day, Pearl Harbor Day. This was a day that I thought I was sunk when I admitted my true powerlessness and was willing to work this program that my life depended on it. And for 30 years, that has been the state. That has been my case by the grace of God in these 12 steps. It's not something that I'm all that. It just means that I work this program and I work these 12 steps. And I have become a transformed person. I have had that personality change. I give that testimony because I give glory to God and I give glory to this program that has made me who I am today. And the gratitude for people in my life in whom the problem had been solved, they're willing to take this trembling wreck of a self and help me change to be someone else today. I could never in my wildest imaginations think I would be sitting here on the line on a vision for you telling you that this is a recovered state that I am in today. But it is here and it is for all of us and it is a common solution as long as we are willing to work it. It talks about it and how it works. The result was nil until we let go absolutely and those old ideas and we were willing to work this program. We stood at the turning point. There are some of you on the line today that are standing at the turning point here. Do we surrender? Do we choose to surrender and work this program by taking action and putting the food down and working the steps? And my 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 saying to you is that yes, it is possible. Recovery is possible. This program offers it. It is here. We can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. With that I'll pass.
6: Thank you, Amy D. Melissa C. Hi, good
14: morning. It's Melissa C recovered compulsive overheater in New York. And um I apologize for the background noise. Um you know, I love, it's so appealing to me, the, a transformation story. Like this idea that um, this man shows up a year later and he's unrecognizable. He had this incredible physical transformation. And that's what I wanted when I came to OA. Um, you know, I wasn't coming for a spiritual transformation. I wasn't coming for a personality overhaul. I wanted a physical transformation. I wanted those after pictures, you know. I loved looking at magazines and you'd see a before and after, and that's what appealed to me. Um, But you don't get that, or I don't get that, um, without internally changing. And every time I thought it was just my weight and the food that was the problem, um, I wasn't really seeking a real solution. You know, the... uh, Putting the food down, um, you know, it was easy in a way. I could put it down. I couldn't keep it down, not without changing. And, you know, someone asked me last night, um, I was participating in a meeting, and someone asked a general question about when will the weight come off? Like, she's been doing this program. She's lost X number of pounds. When is the weight going to come off? And, you know, the real answer is, um, when God, you know, if you're abstinent and you work these steps and you focus on recovering, you're going to lose the weight. If you focus on losing the weight, in my experience, I lost my recovery. So that piece, um, the, 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 I leave that up to God. I follow my, my plan and I follow the steps. And, and I've had a physical transformation that I am unrecognizable, but I'm also unrecognizable internally as well.
6: Thank you with that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Leia B Leia B. Star One to unmute? Okay, perhaps Leia B. is having technical difficulty, which I understand Minky
0: W. is also having. So we're going to try Minky W. and see if Minky's available.
15: Hi, Rebecca, it's Minky. Can you hear me? Hello, it's Leia B.
0: You know what, Minky? Leia B. got on. So we'll stick with Leia B. and then I'll call on you, Minky. Go ahead, Leia B.
16: Leia B. got so excited. She didn't know that you were calling on her. She pushed off instead of on.
0: You had to dial in oh, again.
16: Sorry. There's so many people yelling at you. I didn't expect to be in. I was in another world. Sorry. Oh, good morning. ladies. Okay. Thank you so much for calling my name. I got so nervous. Oh, so anyway, I'm listening to everybody and thinking of where do I fit into this story? And I got to tell you, I fit into this story is that it was so hard for me to understand that my engines were running so hard from this disease since the age of three that the supported dieting for 30 years wasn't enough because I walked in 30 years ago, 42 years ago, actually. Yesterday was my two-year anniversary. And what I wrote here is the line that hit me was, he accepted the plan outlined in this book. I don't know about you, but people spoke to me my whole life. And I heard and I listened and I shook my head and I went and ate. And I heard and I listened and I shook my head and I went and ate. I didn't want to eat. I wanted to be like the other kids. I wanted to go shopping like the girls and buy the size two-fourths and sixes, not the chubbies. I really wanted to be like everybody else, and somehow I wasn't like anybody else. And suddenly, two years ago, I accepted the plan outlined in this book, and I think what I needed to do was take the cotton out of my ears and shove it in my mouth. And it says, one year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a strange sensation. Well, two years later, I'm living in that sensation. It truly is a miracle. I feel like we really do give testimony. You know, we really do stand up and say, hallelujah, brothers and sisters, this really works. And I didn't believe it could ever happen to me. And it happened because I accepted and listened and shut up and I I said, how did you do that? Please tell me, please tell me, please tell me. And it's very hard to listen. It's very hard not to be the boss. It's very hard to be humble. It's very hard to, to really surrender. And I'm talking to the people out there who have crumbs on their face. I was with you. You are not the failure. It is not you. It's bigger than you. Give that to God. Give that to another person and say, hold that for today. I'll take it back tonight just for one day. I can commit the food. I can write the food. I can follow the plan. You are not alone. We are really here. If it could work for me, it could work for anybody. I'm a hardcore case. With that, I'll pass. And thank you for
6: calling on me. Thank you for speaking up, Leah B. Minky W. Minky, can you unmute? Hi, Rebecca. It's Minky. Can you hear me? I hear you, Minky. I heard you, Minky, but now we don't hear you. Hi, Rebecca. It's
15: Minky.
0: Yes, Minky. I hear you. Can you hear me?
15: Yeah, I could. Okay, sorry about all the technicalities, um, the technical things. So anyway, hi, I'm Minky Recovered, uh, food addict. So I'm really grateful to be on this line. I'm grateful to be able to share. Um, so um, he, following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury, which for me is a miracle um, that binging my brains out and eating And then that there's no permanent injury for me, I find, is a real miracle for me. And um, it talks about also that he frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. And that for me is step one, that admitting that I'm completely powerless over my food, I'm completely powerless over everything in my life. And once I admit that, I get the gift of being... Going from being a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck um, A man bringing over with self-reliance and contentment And that's the only way that works for me And it goes in pieces Slow but steady it's the admitting and being powerless And slowly moving in stages You know, for me it wasn't like, you know, in seconds But it's stages of turning into um, a woman of being content And not having to control food and everything else around me and it's kind of cool that in here it was only a year, and um, for me it's like, whoa, this has happened in a year, and for me it's taking longer than a year. But it really doesn't matter. It's pretty awesome that this program of action takes me and takes all of us who are on this line, who I've heard for so many years, um, you know, moving from being this trembling and despairing to living a life of joy and contentment, and with that I'll pass.
6: Thanks, Minky.
0: With just two minutes left to share, I think I'm going to take the slot. So my name is Rebecca F., and I am a compulsive overeater, and I feel compelled, which I don't usually (laughs) to share. Um, I'm thinking about how the whole idea of Step 1, or really the whole program, is for us to identify with uh, what we're reading in the book and, you know, take it, see how we're like the people in the book. So I'm really identifying with Hank in a couple of ways. The first is the other day I uh, encountered an old acquaintance who apparently I hadn't seen in a long time because she hadn't seen me since I've lost weight and she didn't recognize me, Um, just like the doctor didn't recognize Hank. And um, she was, um, you could see the astonishment on her face. She didn't know who I was. I had to tell her who I was. And so I just thought that was apropos to mention. And the second is that um, early on, I can't remember how many years I've been moderating, but when I first got it, it came upon my heart that I should do service in this program because I qualified, I was abstinent long enough to uh, do service and I volunteered to be a moderator. To be honest with you, I was a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck <laughs> over moderating. I, My hand shook so much when I wrote the names down that I could barely read my handwriting. And fast forward to some number of years later, this morning when I got on the line, I just felt I was brimming over with contentment. I don't I don't want to call it self-reliance because I do believe it's God-reliance, but somehow the two converged, so it's like a combination of both. And um, my hands no longer trembles when I write the names down. And that, to me, is a miracle. And it helps me in... The rest of my life, you know, this I call the probing ground so that then I can go out and live life. So when I had an uncomfortable situation with a customer at work, I, I wasn't that uncomfortable. I, God infused me with what to say that diffused the situation and made it all work out smoothly. And with that, I pass. So um, as you can tell very grateful for this program. Um, so we are, I'm the last person to share, and um, we're at the close of our meeting, which is that now I want to thank everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Thursday, December 7th, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern time is 10763, that's 10763. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. We'll read a K. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Yes, this is Rita Kay, a Grateful Recover, Compulsive Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got.